It's good to be back. Um, it didn't take long to get emotional this morning with the, uh, the smiles and the hugs and singing in our native tongue, um, Jeff's prayer. Normally I cry when I speak, but I don't usually start with the tears, so uh, you may have to be patient with me this morning. I gotta admit, I'm a, a little bit nervous, um, not because you guys are gonna like sneak up and bite me or something, um, but I wanna try to do justice to what God has done um, over See, I told you. Um, over the first two years that we've been in Brazil, it is, it's hard to even summarize the ways that he's moved and what, what he's, he's done. Um, we had 45 minutes on Wednesday night, and we got through like the first six months, kind of. So it is impossible to do that in 25 minutes, plus or minus this morning. So I'm not going to try to summarize everything. We have some slides rolling in the back uh, that has some information and has some pictures of some of the things that we've done uh, in this year. Um, but this morning, I really want to talk more about really the basics, uh, the things that God has reminded us of, uh, the things that, that we're all supposed to be doing every day. And I hope it's encouraging. I hope it glorifies uh, who He is. Our, our team's kind of theme verse uh, is Ephesians 3.7 where Paul proclaims it's by God's grace and mighty power that we've been given this privilege of sharing the good news. And that, that is what it is. Um, we have not lost that it is a privilege to be sent to Brazil, to San Luis, uh, to serve as your ambassadors, the ambassadors of six other churches with six different perspectives and experiences and histories, uh, ways of looking at things, ways to encounter and know God. And we got to receive the benefit of all of that. And then get to go and to do this full-time. Um, for all the talk about things that we've given up, uh, it's, it's not that. It's, it is a privilege to be able to go uh, and, to, and to be the hands and feet, uh, try to be the hands and feet uh, of Jesus in San Luis. Um, it's a privilege to be here with you guys this morning. Uh, to get to share some of that. It's a privilege to be welcomed as, as part of the Brentwood family. Uh, and so uh, we can't say thank you enough uh, for your embrace of our family uh, from the very beginning, um, and especially this week as we've got to spend a little bit more time with you. Uh, as I talk this morning, if I get a little too preachy, um, don't take it personal. Uh, I'm new at this for being a missionary. I'm still not comfortable being up, you know, doing this all the time. We'll, we'll, we'll see how that goes this year as we start doing this a little bit more often uh, in, a, in a public setting. Um, but really, what I'm saying this morning, I'm saying out loud because I need to hear it too. I need to be reminded of these things over and over and over and over so that I don't forget and so that I don't get distracted by the constant ways that Satan is trying to attack us to keep us off of the track that what we're supposed to be doing. We meet every week and we talk about... Uh, encouraging each other in the ways that we see the Spirit moving, and it's been incredibly powerful to do that. And so this morning is really just an out loud uh, reminder of some of those things. Uh, so as I started thinking about, like, what, what are kind of the big takeaways so far that I didn't have before we went and did this um, that I do have now? And they're really not anything new. There, there's nothing groundbreaking or things that you haven't heard before. 
it's really the basics, the fundamentals that we're reminded of that, I don't know, for some reason I just take more seriously now. Um, And so I want to talk about three main things this morning is uh, I've heard that all good sermons have three points, so we'll we'll stick with that and and see if that applies. The things I want to talk about this morning are relationships matter. Uh, The Spirit moves in incredible ways when we follow Him, and our relationship matters. So let's go with the first one, uh, with relationships matter. It's all about people, right? Uh, You guys have heard the old adage that location, location, location. That's like the main things that are important in real estate. In mission work, the main things are relationships, relationships, relationships. That makes sense, right? Jesus was all about relationships. He spent three years in intense relationships with his 12 disciples before sending them out uh, to spread his news in in the world. But what might seem obvious, I think is also sometimes condemning, because at least personally speaking, I don't always think that way. I'm a task, program, event, job, thing, way to, uh, person, type of personality that, that thinks about those things first. And if people come along and, and are the, the benefits of that, well, that's kind of bonus. But when we think that way, when we're task and job and goal and event and thing focus, um, are we really focused on what is the most important thing? And I'm not saying those things are bad. I'm not saying that those things aren't valuable and important. Um, but in my case, before, I could do a solid job of coming up with a task or a program or a thing for Jesus and actually forget about the people that it was designed for. Um, for me, it was an economy problem. I was more concerned with how I was saving time than how I was spending time. And more specifically, time with people. And more specifically, time with people who didn't know Christ already. Time sitting with people and being with people and listening to people and laughing with people and crying with people and partying with people. Um, One of my biggest uh, fears or anxieties about are we prepared for this or are we going to be able to, to... to move to another country and, and try to represent Christ in this way um, was this conviction that God had been working on me over the past several years, that I didn't really love people like he does. And I think that's because I didn't see people like he does. And I think that's because I didn't really see myself like he does. And so let's kind of go in reverse and address those vision problems, at least that I had, and they, they might resonate with you. Um, for us, for me, Brazil has sped up that process of vision correction. Um, and so this is what I've been reminded of. I want to read from Galatians 3. If you have your Bible, turn to Galatians 3. We're going to start in 26. This is a great reminder for us. Paul writes, For you are all children of God through faith in Christ Jesus. All who have been united with Christ in baptism have put on Christ like putting on new clothes. There's no longer Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And now that you belong to Christ, you are true children of Abraham. You're his heirs. And God's promise to Abraham belongs to you. 
Think of it this way. If a father dies and leaves an inheritance for his young children, those children are not much better off than slaves until they grow up. Even though they actually own everything their father had, they have to obey their guardians until they reach whatever age their father set. And that's the way it was with us before Christ came. We were like children. We were slaves to the basic spiritual principles of this world. But when the right time came, God sent his son, born of a woman, subject to the law. God sent him to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law so that he could adopt us as his very own children. And because we are his children, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, prompting us to call out, Abba, Father. Now you are no longer a slave, but God's own child. And since you are his child, God has made you his heir. I am a child of God. Not by right or decision or by merit, but by choice, by his choice. I was chosen to be adopted as a child of God through Jesus' blood. Because I'm a child of God, and I bear his image, and I have his spirit in me, I am an heir, an heir to the king. Because I am an heir, that makes me a prince. Because I am a prince, I have an inheritance to the king of the universe. And you are also a child of God, not by right, or decision, or merit, or skill, but by choice, by his choice. Because you're a child of God, you're an heir to the king as well. And that makes you a prince or princess. And because you're a prince and a princess to the king, that makes us brothers and sisters. Isn't that what being part of the, the kingdom of God is about? When we recognize the identity that we've been given to us by God through Christ. For me, I can't see you the same way anymore. It changes how I even look at you. It sets me free from the slavery of putting titles on you, like American or Brazilian, or Protestant or Catholic, or Republican or Democrat, or black or white. Uh, Corinthiano or Flamenguista. That one might not go over as well here, so think like America's team or Patriot Nation. Um, I can no longer identify you as rich or poor. Uh, one that hits for us, I can no longer see you as a cappella or instrumental. I can no longer view you as beneficial to me or cost to me. Time spent, time gained. To sum it up, I no longer see you as good or bad and however you define that. See, when I get rid of my labeling lens, I see you for your true identity, and I can only see you as a child, a wonderful, chosen child of the king. And when I see you that way, there are lots of things that I stop seeing about you. And I think that's how Christ looked at people. I want to see people like he does. So my prayer is, God, please correct my vision. Put the mud on my eyes and heal what is often my tainted perspective. In fact, let's just get rid of vision altogether. God, tune my ears to hear the cries of the hearts of your people 
who don't know you yet. So for me, learning to love people like Christ loves people starts with understanding and really accepting our identities, my identity and others' identities. Um, practically speaking, in, in terms of how we tried to implement that uh, through our small group, uh, we started by looking at how we look at things. Uh, we, we started with, let's, let's look at ourselves uh, first before we start looking at other folks. Uh, we looked at the parables of Jesus, and we looked at saboteurs and ways that Satan lies to us uh, to make us believe things about our identity that are not true and how that impacts us. Uh, we looked at how we relate to and understand God and how that shapes our perspectives on how we view the world around us. Uh, we started to share personal stories and testimonies of ways that we've seen God act in our lives, ways that he's currently acting now. And then we're finishing up a study right now about the perspective of gratitude and how that perspective leads to a chain reaction of contentment and joy, and that brings the peace that Christ promises us. But none of that matters if there's not someone to share it with. Um, and so most fundamentally, the most important thing that we've done since we've moved to Brazil and the most important thing that we will continue to do is to spend time in people because our relationships matter. Relationships are God's doors to opportunities for us. We've seen that over and over again. Michelle, can you switch to the other, the other slide deck? Um, the second thing that I wanted, that we've been reminded of and we've seen, it uh, seems like almost daily, is how the Spirit moves in incredible ways, specifically to introduce us to the relationships that He wants us in. Um, so, put together just a little sequence. I think this is really cool, to look back on where we are right now and think about the ways that God has been faithful and God has acted in our lives to bring us to this point. And so, a couple years ago, here we are in the green, whoops, it's Salome's team, we've got all these supporters that are ready to send us out. And I remember asking at that time to be in prayer about our language, because people told us that we're old and it's going to be really hard to learn the language. Um, and so we had asked for a language school uh, that would meet our needs and it would provide opportunities into the community. And so we found top seven. Um, this came about because I think that day I was busy in the Cartorio's office with some documents, and Mark and Melinda and Jill were sort of just walking around. And at this point, we had already had apartments, and we had cars, and we had all the things that we needed. We'd been to the police station, I don't know how many times, but we were striking out on language schools. We had called people, we had asked around, we had other people checking out these language schools for us. Um, we had gone in to ask folks, and there's lots of schools that teach French, and Spanish, and English, but no one's taught Portuguese, especially not to foreigners. And so we were, this is the one thing that we couldn't accomplish to this point. And as Mark and Melinda and Jill were walking around, something started pulling on Mark and, and led him to want to go into this building that we hadn't been in yet. And he said he couldn't really even explain what it was, but he just felt compelled to go into this building. And so they walk into the building, and literally they run into top seven idiomas, tucked away in a corner with no advertising, and we walked in, and that's now our language school. And so top seven introduced us to Saya, who was the girls' teacher, and introduced us to Carmen, who is Mark and my, my teacher. Those relationships have led to lots of other relationships. Um, with Carmen, we were introduced to her church. We were able to do a survivor for about 70 kids with her church. 
Um, we went to a conference with Carmen and some of her friends. Um, Carmen has been a tremendous encouragement for us at a time where we needed encouragement during that first year. Saya knows everyone in San Luis, it seems like. And the Justice Conference that we were able to put on was because of the connections that Saya had. And so it's been fun to watch how two language professors who, at first, I was sad that already had a relationship with Christ and we weren't going to get to witness to them because I just knew that's how we were going to make an impact, uh, have led to relationships that have led to relationships that have led to relationships. And then along the way, sorry, we met Marcy. Marcy is the secretary at Top 7. Marcy sat quietly for all those days that we were in and out of the language school, in and out of the language school, until the time came for our, our small group to launch. And we had talked to, actually I had talked to Carmen about Marcy. Do you think that she would be interested? No, 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 she's, she's whatever. And so we asked her anyway, she's like, yeah, I would love to come. And so Marcy came to our small group. And Marcy is like our all-star of the small group. The relationships that she has brought to the group that we would have never met have been extensive. Those people have been invited other folks, and those people have invited their friends. And so to me, when, when you look at this little map, and you see the web of how these relationships led to other relationships, we would never have met Talita here. In fact, I still haven't met her. She came last week for the first time. But she came because of a friend from Rio invited her and told her about her experience that came as a visitor one time that was a friend of Jessica. Jessica is the girlfriend of Ugo, and Ugo is a student at Top 7 that Marcy thought would be a good idea to invite to our small group. So when I look at this, to me it is incredible. We would never have the opportunity to meet Talitha if not for these relationships. So when I think back and I look at how these things lead from one to the other, I can't help but give praise and sit in awe of the way the Spirit is constantly moving. And it's a reminder every day that I don't have to have it figured out. I don't have to have this web identified in my mind and work towards these as end goals. My job is to be faithful with the relationships that the Spirit leads me to on a day-in and day-out basis and to trust and to pray for those people that the Spirit continues to move in their lives and has already been moving in their lives. I can sit and look at this map forever and imagine and think about all the ways that things have to be just right to align at these, at these instances to, to have us to have these encounters. And to me, it is just, it's the coolest thing about being part of the kingdom and the thing that I cannot wait when we get to heaven. People say, well, what are you going to ask God when you get to heaven? It's like, I want to know what happened with this person. And did this thing make a difference? And how did you, how did you connect this person with that person that led to this decision? Um, so I say all that to say that this is an encouragement that the Spirit of God works in incredible ways, especially when we're looking for Him and we're trying to follow Him. The last thing that I want to point out that we've been reminded of over and over and over, it seems kind of silly to even mention, but relationship matters as well. So I'm talking about our relationship with God the Father. Don't take this analogy too literally. Michelle, you can go back to the, to the cycling slideshow. Uh, don't take this analogy too literally, but, but go with the thought for a moment. I am made in the image of God, right? And you are too. But, shocker, I am not all God, and neither are you. So, is it possible 
that you have aspects of God built into you or experience that you, that you have that I don't? And is it possible that the very thing that makes you you, your genetics and those experiences that have led you to this point, give you a perspective of God that I don't have and that I might nev- not ever have? And can we at least say that it's possible that I relate to and I understand God differently than you do, which comes out in so many different ways for each of us, and that both of us could be right. And if that is true, then my way of relating to and understanding God can be beneficial for you, and your way of relating to and understanding God can be beneficial to me, and we can mutually be beneficial as we both grow and learn to relate to and understand God better. And that's another part of being part of the body of Christ that I think is incredible and that I haven't taken full advantage of. Why was Jesus so big on unity? Think about John 17, his prayer in the garden. The thing that he's praying for his disciples that he spent three years with, the thing that he prays for us the hours before his death, is unity. Unity like he had with the Father. That's the kind of unity that he wanted for his disciples. It's not uniformity, because if you're uniform, there's no need for unity. And his disciples were a diverse group of people. I think the implication of that unity is a unity of diversity, because God is glorified in his diversity. He's created an incredible world Just think about the people that you know and the skill sets that they have and the personalities that they have. They're not alike. Our fingerprints are not alike. You look out in nature and see the plants and the trees. God is glorified through his diversity. And it's interesting that he says that our greatest witness as a church, as people of God, is not our doctrinal precision or how well we live correctly, although those things are are important. Our greatest testimony he prays for in the garden is our unity with each other. So what if we were a church that did that well? How can we learn to be a a church that does that better? I think that kind of church starts with an understanding that on a personal and then on a community scale that our relationship with God the Father, the Son, and the Spirit matters. And so to grow in that relationship with God, I want to grow in all aspects of His nature. I want to grow in a deeper understanding and knowledge of him by studying his word and being obedient to it. And I want to grow in ways that I can only experience by being with him. The disciplines, silence, meditation, prayer, fasting. I want to grow in my relationship with the Father through service to his other children. Those perspectives of his diversity are often only found when I get outside of myself, and that has to be spent in community and in service to others. I want to grow in my relationship with him through your growth as well and through the ways that you relate to him and that you can teach me. And I want to grow with my relationship with the Father through how I feel him, how I connect to his presence through worship and the ways that he expresses himself through his nature in the community that we're blessed to be a part of. Serve a mighty God, right? Um... We have friends named Philip and Sarah Matheny, and they're missionaries in Burkina Faso, uh, West Africa. And their kind of tagline or motto for their mission was, they got to be front row. So they were front row Burkina Faso. And I think that is a great 
way to consider the privilege that we've been given. You guys have blessed us with, with giving us front row seats to what God is doing in our neck of the woods in San Luis. But you also have a front row, a front row to what God is doing here at Brentwood in Austin. You have a front row to what your friends are doing in their relationships with those in their families, in their schools, at their workplaces, um, with their neighbors. So when we all consider that we have that privilege of being front row, it opens our eyes to further opportunities. Thinking about the ripple effects of what our decisions on a daily basis can lead to, um, that's to me why we come together on Sundays and celebrate and rejoice and worship of the ways that God works. This has been an incredible opportunity so far. God has moved in incredible ways. Um, and I think that it really is summed up by understanding that our relationships with each other matters. Our relationships with those that don't know Christ yet matter. And that's because our relationship with God the Father, the Son, and the Spirit matters. So I hope you're encouraged by that this morning. We're going to be around to tell more stories some are funny, some are tearful, uh, lots are unexpected. Um, stick around and watch the slideshow, maybe it can roll afterwards. If you're here this morning and you are not already in a relationship with Christ and you want to start that, you're welcome to come down uh, when we stand up and sing in a minute. If you guys, if there's someone here who wants to place membership and join this body of believers, um, you're welcome to do that as well. Or if you have prayers that you'd like the, the leaders of this congregation to pray about, to pray over, uh, please come down. Before we do that, uh, I want to close with sort of a charge uh, from 1 John 4. This is in 1 John 4, starting in verse 7. It says, Dear friends, let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. But anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only Son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. No one has ever seen God, but if we love each other, God lives in us. And his love is brought to full expression in us. And God has given us his spirit as proof that we live in him and he in us. Furthermore, we've seen with our own eyes and now testify that the Father sent his Son to be Savior of the world. All who declare that Jesus is the Son of God have God living in them, and they live in God. We know how much God loves us, and we put our trust in his love. God is love, and all who live in love, live in God, and God lives in them. And as we live in God, our love grows more perfect. So we'll not be afraid on the day of judgment, but we can face him with confidence, because we live like Jesus here in this world. Let's live like Jesus for the glory and honor of God the Father. Let's go out from here and think about ways that we can be the way for someone who doesn't know him yet. Thank you, guys. Uh, it's been a privilege. We appreciate you. You'll please stand and sing with me.